This episode of The Ketchup is brought to you by Dean's Dairy Dip, the number one French onion dip in America, and the classic, cool, and creamy sponsor of Food Beast Kitchen League's Dean's Dip Off. We're pitting innovative chefs against Dean's Real Dippers in head-to-head recipe battles where the Dean's Dip-Off lets you join the live audience in trying to sabotage the competition. Yep, you can sabotage our contestants live, and no matter what, Dean's deliciousness stays intact. Check out the Food Beast Twitch page for the live streams, recaps, and Dean's Dip recipe videos, and look for Dean's Dip in your supermarket dairy case, because Dean's is Real Dip for Real Dippers. What up, fatties? Yep. Yeah. Continuing our crazy shit in Las Vegas, we are joined by a legend, Mr. Drew Belcher. If you've ever come to Las Vegas, you probably know his Instagram account at this point, Unlocked. He's born and raised in Vegas. He's a young restaurateur. He has extremely Johnny Bravo-esque good looks. He's hospitable. He's always shown us around town and been just a great dude. Uh, so if you're coming into town as a foodie, he's the dude you need to talk to. He's the account you must follow. So we're going to talk some food. We're going to talk nightlife. And most importantly, Drew, welcome to the Catch Up Podcast. Welcome to the Ketchup. Introducing your hosts, Eli Aruth, editor in chief, and Jeffrey Kutnick, CEO, and apparently the only guy who takes this podcast seriously. Of the craziest, most bestest, news breaking, food porn peddling, viral website on the dot coms. It's crazy when your future is decided by an algorithm. Dude, this pizza is fucking crazy! There's not one person in this entire world that believes you. Alright, and welcome to the catch-up. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, uh, it's Belcher. First of all, <laughs> Belcher. Yeah, Belcher. So that, was a, that was a Google search about a week ago. I thought it was German. Apparently, Belcher is uh, French. So I'm assuming it's pronounced Belcher. Uh, so that's some extra brownie, brownie points with the page. Is, is that a Food Beast exclusive right now? Have you told anyone else that actually, uh, your, your new last name is Belcher? Because no. everyone, in that, everyone in Vegas knows you as Drew Belcher, right? Well, I mean, they need to put some respect on it. So it's literally Belcher from here on out. So. People are going to start respecting you in Vegas. <laughs> they got to put respect on it real quick. It's Belcher. I'm fully French. French fries, French kiss, French crepes, all of it. Belcher, without a doubt. Now, you're a wild dude. What does you as a little kid look like? <laughs> yeah, you know, so. Uh, like four years uh, old. What are you doing at four? <laughs> yeah, so I was riding around the tricycle, just playground pimping, just getting at these girls, rolling dice. I was an ice cream man fanatic, Capri Sun killer, all of it. Yo, so yo, so it was wild at four, at four years old in Vegas. It was rough in these streets. Yeah, no lie. How far were you away from the strip? Oh, bro. So, uh, so I was born and raised here. Wasn't even born anywhere near the strip. I mean, there's an entire city way off Las Vegas Boulevard, yeah. an mm-hmm. entire community, entire culture. Uh, the strip is cool. You know, obviously everyone has love for Las Vegas, but there's an entire community and culture off off the off the Boulevard for sure. Tell us about that community, yeah. the stuff that we didn't see that you grew up in that you want people to know about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so relating back to the tragic event, tragic events of like October 1st, you know, everyone's thinking like, oh, it's a cool little whatever. Like, how do we support this? Like the tragedy, we get it. Bro, the next day, lines upon lines upon lines of people trying to donate blood, supplies, yeah. reaching out to the police, the fire department, dropping off meals, clothes, anything they could. So we're looking at it from a community. We're like, wow, this is really happening right now in our city. 
Like Vegas isn't big. Vegas is yeah. too many people, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. But that's the Vegas I'm from. That's the Vegas I know. It is Las Vegas first and foremost before anything and everything. Go Golden Knights. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about Vegas like kept you here for school, university, and then ultimately like your career and everything? Yeah, the Millennium Scholarship. Shout out. <laughs> Free college. <laughs> what it says, uh, there you go. <laughs> Free college. Uh yeah, no. So, I mean, honestly, growing up in Vegas, I always wanted to maybe move outside of Vegas. I love California, going to California when I was younger with my family. Uh, huge Angel fan. Uh, but yeah, never left Las Vegas, stayed here, went to college out here, still never left. I mean, Vegas is, it's a true 24 hour town. The cost of living is so minute, minuscule yeah. compared to other markets. You can make a lot of money here doing nothing with no degrees, wow. uh, which I worked in the nightlife industry for a lot of years before Unlocked kind of took off. Uh, and it's crazy that a lot of these people just, they never leave. And now I see why they never leave because of this. Like we're very spoiled, like Mount Charleston, Red Rock, the strip. If you need the beach, it's a three and a half hour mile drive. It's a 45 minute jet suite except if you're a baller flight. Yeah, jet suite is tight. Oh bro, yeah, I'll never fly commercial again. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, you know, in high school, do you guys look, I'm trying to get a concept of how people that grew up in and around Vegas maybe view the strip and how, how that life works. Like as a high schooler, is that, would you guys ever traverse out to the strip? Like, is that a place you guys would drive or were there enough cool shit off town that you're like, you know, I got my movie theaters, I have whatever. Tell me about that. Yeah, so the movie theaters were huge. Uh, shout out to Santa Fe Station uh, when we were younger. Uh, super, kind of kind of hood, it got got a little rough. Uh, and then when I, had my, when I got my first car when I turned 16, the Mitsubishi Gallant, mm. yo. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out with the plug real quick. Uh, bro, had the exhaust, had the rims, the brrr, bro, I was I was trying to get all the the girl, the bitches. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so we, we get the car. Obviously you're 16, you can't really, like there's not a ton to do. So I'd get my boys and we would drive down to the strip and go to the forum shops, not to buy anything because we're all broke pieces of shit, but we would just go and walk around like the forum shops and like yeah. walk into all the cool stores and just be little loiterers and just mischief makers and just not buying a fucking thing. So uh, this was the shopping mall. Like oh. going over to the strip was like the shopping mall. Yeah, the forum shops. It's like yeah. where all the luxury shit yeah. is. And you would just like, sometimes we would just park because parking was free. They need to bring that back by the way. Yeah. Uh, and just walk on the strip and just do nothing and just walk. That's what I did as a kid. Yeah. I came here a lot in Vegas. My parents would drop me off and all I'd do is walk the strip. Yeah, walk and the strip. And it was fun. Yeah. It's like sightseeing. Did you get any of the, the footballs? Filled with liquor? Oh, yeah, I was too yeah. young for that. Oh, no, I'm, bro, <laughs> no, nah, you're good. I promise, you're good. Hey, you're good. <laughs> so, okay, so then college, do you, in college, what's party scene like in college? Yeah, so UNLV 100%, shout out to Phi Delta Theta real quick. That's a, a sorority, I assume? No, no, it's, it's my fraternity. <laughs> God damn it, Eli. Yo, that's uh, how, that's damn, how bro. not connected I am to the Greek scene Yeah, no, It's uh, a sorority, I think. Which, I mean, I don't know if I can plug them because I think they're they're kicked off campus. Oh, are they? Yeah. For, of course you yeah, would, Drew. Yeah, 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 for doing uh, like some hazing or some shit. I'm, I mean, obviously I've been out of college for a while, but I think they're off campus. Still, shout out Fight Out the Theta. Yo, Drew's um, there last night, son. Yeah. I'm that guy, bro, just at the college parties right now, just creeping in the corners, bro. Get at these bitches. No. Uh, so you know, college was dope. I loved college in Vegas. UNLV is the number one party school in the nation. It just doesn't get a lot of credit because it's a commuter school. Mm. Not a lot of people live on campus. The people that are really from here that grew up here, they don't live on campus. Right. Uh, still a cool Greek scene. You know, the tailgates were cool. Even though UNLV football sucks, UNLV basketball was dope in the '90s when we won the championship. Uh, but yeah, college at UNLV was amazing. Was your introduction to nightlife in Vegas? Did that happen in college? Yeah. So right when I turned 21. 
uh, I auditioned because you have to audition for all these nightclub jobs. Tell me about the yeah yeah. What's I don't the think people know. Like? Tell me about what the audition process was like. Oh yeah, bro. It's like they treat you like little farm animals. So they line what? you up, get in. You have to audition in swimwear, bring a headshot, bring a resume. And I'm 21, no nightlife experience. I'm like, bro, I got to audition. Luckily, I was fucking jacked. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so yeah. you, did you know? So until you showed up at an audition, did you have any idea what you were walking into? I had absolutely no idea. I didn't even know what I was applying for. they were like, oh, Wet Republic. It was a second year in existence. I was yeah. like, oh, it's a day club. Yeah, let's just go, let's just see how it goes. So I audition, you're there with all these dudes, all these girls, the dudes are with their, you have to audition in your little board shorts, dudes are doing push-ups in the back, putting like oil on their muscles and shit to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's fucking wild, it's fucking wild. Um, how many people at a time were at these auditions? Like how many people were you seeing at these auditions? Oh, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. People fly out, girls fly out, dudes fly out from Miami, from Texas, from Cali to audition to get a job at these clubs. Wow. It's fucking crazy because of the amount of money you can make. The cost of living here is so cheap. It's all cash. Uh, when I was there anyway, it was all cash and tax free. Shout out to the IRS. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the audition process, man, you literally just get down in your little bikini if you're a chick board shorts as a dude, oil up, pump up, walk a little runway. These judges ask you a couple questions, literally not pertaining to anything nightlife. It's like, your, what's your modeling history? What's your fucking service history? And a fun fact. I'm just like, oh, I'm 21, I'm Drew, I don't fucking know. Uh, I, I, can, I can do whatever you want me to do, sir. Yeah. Wow. And then yeah, and then hopefully if you look the part, I guess, you get hired. I got hired, I worked there for four summers and Audition one, got the got the job. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So uh, was uh, it fun? Oh, bro. Okay. Let's talk about Yo, this. We like, can talk about it for sure. Yeah. So Wet Republic is, I think, the best day club in the world. Wow. Uh, okay. So where's Wet Republic again? At the MGM. Okay. At and that's MGM. and it's, I think, consistently known. And I don't. I haven't gone to a ton of day clubs, but like it's like Wet Republic and Encore Beach Club, right? That's those like are the two that I know that like, off top. Yeah, those are the two heavy hitters for sure. Uh, uh, Wet Republic was the first one, and I think Encore Beach Club opened like later, third or fourth season yeah. in Wet Republic. Uh, crazy DJs, obviously the most beautiful girls in the world, buff, attractive dudes. People are just blowing like 50 grand in these cabanas, spraying champagne, making it rain on it's it's wild. What's some wild shit you saw during that time at Wet Republic? Yeah, like, so I got the wild shit. Yeah, I got the best story. So and this is all on Google. You can Google it. So there okay. was a, like an, a crazy, like, I don't know, Asian arms dealer or financier named Jolo, this Asian guy. You can Google it. All the Vegas people that are listening are fucking dying right now. This Asian guy named Jolo, <laughs> all right? Super loaded. No one knows what he does. There's all these rumors like, oh, he's an Asian arms dealer. He's a pimp. His dad's got oil money and younger, not old by any means, but kind of fat, dorky, but yeah. super fun come up in the bungalows this dude dropped like 120k one day whoa so and there's so many celebrities up there paris hilton's up there jamie fox is up there the goat leonardo dicaprio is up there with sunglasses with jolo in a bathrobe <laughs> with bottles of champagne spraying these girls and i'm just like yo this is what's up and i'm the busser up there at the time yeah it's you, fucking, you were busting that table yeah yeah so so there was three busters up in the bungalows the, the three busters you know we we pulled the money for the for the day you know we're like yeah jolo's here we break bread uh he comes up drops all this cash he doesn't even drink Shut up. No, Jolo doesn't even drink, bro. This homie's just out there just blowing money just to blow money and flex. That was, that was like that was a hundred G's just to flex, like not even drinking anything. Bro, in like three hours. Like he's wow. not there like from like noon to six. No, he got there at like fucking 3.30, left at like 5.36. Wow, bro. Yeah, so he, he lined up there. all the bottles of champagne in front of the bungalow. It was like tons of Ace of Spade, Dom Perignon, cr crazy shit. 
he doesn't drink. So Leonardo DiCaprio leaves. He, he leaves with some chicks. Yeah. I don't know if I can, I'm fucking, Leo can sue me now. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna be like, no Leo didn't leave with no chicks. No Leo didn't leave with chicks. So Leonardo DiCaprio leaves and I'm like, bro, Leo's doing it. He leaves with these chicks. They go into a limo out in valet, gets a couple bus tubs, you know, like restaurant bus tubs. Yeah. Fills them with the bottles of champagne. Like two bus tubs, like 10 bottles of champagne each, carries them out, hops in the limo and dips. Did did Leo DiCaprio just freeload off of the Asian arms dealer? Like it was nothing. <laughs> like it was nothing. We got Leo. Yeah, yeah. But if you Google, uh, apparently Jolo was free, uh off of all these homies. Like it was all like embezzled money, shady shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can Google it. it was crazy. I believe and you. I was there. I believe uh, you. And in the busters, we made hella money, obviously, because his gratuity was just through the through the roof, you know? Yeah. So we couldn't leave with the money at the end of the day. We had to wait for it to get tipped out. So like they had to go to the casino caves to get all the cash. The girls had to be escorted back here and they're breaking off all this money. The managers were excited. They're breaking out bottles for us to share, cigars, crazy shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, each buster made like 8,500 bucks that day cash. Shout out. Wow, what yeah. a day. Yeah, what, what a, a day. day. What is like a, is that it? Would you say that's a typical weekend? No, bro, bro not bro, at bro. all. No, 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 no. Because like people was, blow was this the, money though. That's not like oh a, no, no. Yeah, yeah people absolutely. blow that money, but not like the the Leos all at the same time no. at the table. No. But but people are out here spending that kind of money. Yeah. So when I left Web Republic, uh, I went to XS Nightclub, which is the king of all kings. Shout out to XS. Uh, and people blow like that every weekend. Is XS still to this day like the baddest club? To this day, it's the dopest it's club. Not even a question. Don't ask me. Don't omnia me. Don't hawk us on me. <laughs> No, excess yeah. is king always and forever. What, how did that happen? How, yeah, did, how did excess, because excess was tight when we were 21. Yeah. Like when we were coming. Can you, can you give a age reference? That's 10 quick? years ago. Okay. Yeah, it 10 was years tight. ago. When we were in, just turning 21 and we like yearned to get into yeah, excess. And we probably didn't deserve to get in at that, po- at that point. But that's what I mean is like even for the non-Vegas local who's coming from Southern California, excess had that vibe. And clubs fade. They tend to they tend to fade. Whatever three, five, eight years after they open, and for whatever reason, like how has excess continued to stay relevant, and then also continue, in your opinion, to be the best club in Vegas? Yeah. So before excess opened, it was Trist Nightclub, mm-hmm. not the same space. It was it was another uh, nightclub at the Win. It was first it was Labette, which transformed to Trist. It was Victor Dre, Jesse and Cy Waits, who were fucking icons. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jesse and Cy. Uh, <laughs> And they're responsible for the club at the Palm, right? Uh, n- well, uh, I don't know if I can really talk on them, okay. but they're not involved anymore. Oh, gotcha. They have yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but so Trist, beautiful nightclub, waterfalls. I love Trist. Oh, the most gorgeous nightclub in the world by far. Uh, and that was all Victor Dre, Jesse, and Cy. They killed it. Awesome, huge DJs. And this was like 2011, 2012, yeah. when like the pinnacle of the DJ shit was popping off. Yeah. Like XS had Tiesto, Getta, Avicii, Skrillex, yeah. like everyone, everyone, bro. Like yeah. no one else could compete. Uh, and then after the success with Trist, they opened up XS, was just like the huge, huge big brother, just fucking everybody and their moms. Yeah, because Trist looked like a little, ver- I didn't know which came first. Yeah, so Trist, Trist came, came first. Came first yeah. And Trist, it, the other one, it looked like a mirror, but much, much bigger. Like Excess was literally in the name and the vanity. It was just a humongous club with outdoor features, indoor features, like, which was kind of unique too. Like that indoor, outdoor, like it was just as cool to be outside as it was inside at Excess. I actually like the tables at Excess and Tris better outside than I do inside. 
like right on the dance floor, so it's better to be out almost. I mean, at Trist vibe. for sure, because Trist was still still small and compact, where you mm. can still feel included. Yeah, I mean, XS is just the behemoth, and if you're like on the far back lawn, you're kind of out of it, but yeah. it's still a cool experience. But Trist, it just had that intimate vibe. It was beautiful, the colors, the waterfall, it was everything. Yeah, and more. Why did they close it? Uh, dude, I mean, I don't know. I don't Obviously, know. maybe was, just I was bummed. It's it's tough though because you had like two of the most beautiful nightclubs on the same property for yeah, the most part. You split you that know? time. And yeah. Stuff. Drew, can you talk a little bit more about like what your what the job actual job was being a like a busser at those clubs? Because we've Eli and I have experienced like bottle service, and we know that there's people. Obviously, that's their job to assist. But tell me about like what you what you saw, what you had to do, like what the actual hustle was, what the hours were, the politics. Like, tell me everything about your experience uh being involved like heavily involved for did you say it was it eight was it eight years yeah eight years total eight yeah years total that's yeah. a long time it's a long time and it was a blast uh yeah so i was a, a busser or a server assistant if we're trying to get freak nasty you know uh <laughs> server assistant so you, you you have you have so yeah not a host or any of that shit i was a server assistant busser uh we were the one that got all the waitresses uh <laughs> yeah, i want to hear about that later yeah. uh yeah, so what we do is you have your cocktail waitress and then you have your buster. So the waitress obviously is the pretty girl, pours all the drinks, looks all pretty, you know, takes care of the guest, flirts with the guest, does whatever. Make sure the guest has an awesome time. Our job was to kind of assist the waitress and make sure all the mixers are filled, all the ice is filled, glasses, fruit, all of that, picking up all the trash. If they, you know, get wild and dump a bottle of champagne on the table, we gotta change the linens, just make sure everything is is there for that table to kind of make sure they're able to party and, and buy more liquor, which is the end goal of all of it. Mm. Just make sure they're having a good time to end that bottle to get the next one. Correct, That's correct. Like uh, so yeah, the bussers are doing all the work. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. you guys are doing a lot of the work when you describe yeah, yeah. everything and, that needed to happen and the waitresses are making all the money damn it <laughs> because i feel like the waitresses just come by to start and kind of be cool and pour yeah. you your first drink and then it's all like the busters come through and handle everything yeah else. the busters are out there holding it down for sure so for I, sure i was a busser in uh like in an elevated restaurant in newport beach and I, was it similar or not too similar so when we were bussers at a at a fine dining restaurant we got tipped out like 15% of whatever the server got tipped out. So we were doing things like bread, water, drinks, you know, clearing plates and doing whatever. But we were hoping for a really big tip for our server because we were seeing something like 15 to 20% of that tip. Mm. I'm curious of like, what? how did the economics work for you guys? Because you guys seem like you're busting your ass. You know, for is it a fraction of whatever I signed on that on that tip line? Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple different ways that different properties work. Now it's all different because a lot of the tips go on paychecks now because the IRS caught wind and they're like, yeah. hey, motherfuckers are making way too much money. All you girls, all you guys buying all these houses, these sick ass whips. Nah, nah. You got to claim all of it. Yeah, not anymore. It's all on paychecks now from what I know. So when I was still in there, it was just it was cash every night still. Uh, so XS worked on a point system. You know, so we were at three and a half points. Some of the leads were at four points. The girls were at like 10 points. Okay. Know? So that, so for instance, if you, if you base a point like on a hundred dollars, so say if the waitresses make, you know, a thousand dollars that night, the buses are making three, three fifty, four hundred. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Gotcha. So, which is a pretty consistent night. So like an average Saturday, that's like. How much are you making? Well, first of all, is the being in the club, is that seasonal? Are you guys working year round? At least in the day clubs, it's seasonal, right? Yeah, the, the day clubs are all seasonal. You have to re-audition for your job every year. Oh, wow. Make sure yeah. you get fat and off. Yeah, season. which sucks. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, then, and then the nightclubs are year round, which is dope, especially if you can get like into excess to where it's union. 
once you pass that probation period, you're pretty much good. Tell me, tell me what like are so are a lot of the clubs not union, and what does union mean when you worked at Excess? Yeah, a lot of them aren't honestly, so they can kind of fire you whenever for whatever. Excess was union. I think it's still union. I don't know, uh, but yeah. So union, obviously, you get culinary benefits, which is the best benefits. Culinary insurance, all that shit. What uh, is it? What do you mean? What is that? Uh, culinary insurance. So literally, like dental vision doctor anything for like nothing okay like literally like minimal copays like the best insurance ever you can go have a baby for like 20 bucks or something <laughs> <That's> <laughs> crazy. it's crazy yeah uh so that is one of the benefits of, of being at a, at a union property um so what was like life like working at excess like working as this buster and then did you like climb the ranks or what, what do you do as a buster? Like, and were you making nice money doing that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be 100% open and honest about like how the money works. Uh, it's really good money in Vegas if you're in the industry, especially if you get in when you're 21 like I did. I mean, these 21 year olds working at, when, where I was at Wet Republic, I mean, you're making like 70, 75,000 cash within wow. you know a seven cash. month period. Cash, that's like that's like a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty like salary. Yeah, cash, tax free. Because it's because ta- cash. Yeah, bro, you're kicking it, you're killing it. Oh, and then you still get your paycheck every two weeks for like you know six, seven hundred bucks or whatever. So you just direct deposit oh, the paycheck, shit. live off the paycheck, and then you just blow all the cash on dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> what did you blow your yeah, cash so, on? Oh yeah, bro. So I was I was twenty one, making all this money. I was still living at home. I was trying to get out all these bitches, bro. I bought a Rolex. I was in fucking California every other weekend. Just dumb shit. Blew all my money. Literally, I blew all my money like the first two or three seasons. Jeez. Fancy dinners, trying to like live the whole lifestyle, you yeah. know. Because obviously, when you're making more, you're spending more. Yeah. You know, and like, I didn't have any bills at the time. I was like, fuck it. And you're probably starting to meet people that are spending this way and then you try to keep up that way? Yeah, well, I mean, you can try to keep up with like the Joneses or whatever, but for the most part, all the kids that you're working with, everyone's making the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. You already know what the girls are making, which is probably two, two and a half times what you're making. And everyone just comes big family, like on your days off, you're going out to San Diego, getting beach houses, doing beer bongs off two-story roofs, just having a blast. Yo, it sounds like a great life. Bro, it's a, uh, honestly, it's an amazing life until you're six, seven years in, still making the same amount, and you're like yo what the fuck am i doing so there's a ceiling to it yeah i mean you're never gonna make more than that 70 80 100 grand if you're at a, at a year-round nightclub which again is good money sure. especially in vegas still sure because you know, the cost of living out here is so tiny yeah like there's still homies that are still at excess that have been there since it opened shout out to all my boys and what? eventually you got you couldn't handle that anymore or what I mean, yeah, so I mean, I left XS uh, and then I started serving at a restaurant because Unlocked started finally making a little bit of money. Yeah, when, when, when does Unlocked start in that period time of, uh, what is it? We've talked college, we've talked post-college, working in, in nightlife. When did, when did Unlocked start? So like from the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah, so Unlocked uh, is way different than what it is now. So no one really knows that it eventually started or first started as an iPhone app. Okay. No one knows that. What was it supposed to do? What was this iPhone app? Yeah. So the iPhone app, it was literally a completely curated platform from a local's perspective. So like no ratings, no reviews. I thought Google sucked. Yelp is just a waste of time. Mm -hmm. It was just a dope curated platform from a local's perspective. Uh, I had a business partner at the time who was also my ex-girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's not smart. No, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, yeah. Shout out to Alexandra. She's killing it. Uh, She's got a dope cafe here in Vegas, Cafe Lola. Shout out. Go visit them. Go support that. Uh, Are you better like big her up so you can talk a bunch of shit? No, 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 no. No, I literally, I I don't, I haven't seen her. I've not ran into her and it's, we live like in the same area and shit, but uh, I wish them nothing but the best. They're killing it. Uh, So yeah, it eventually, it originally started as an iPhone app. Okay. Uh, Now 
all you entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that want to start an iPhone app, I'm going to tell you guys right now, don't fucking do it, okay? Why? Well, okay, so everyone wants to be the next Mark Zuckerberg and yeah. I got this idea for the next this, then fuck your idea, bro. If you can't execute it, you're going to fucking fail, especially us. I don't write computer code. I yeah. went to school for finance. I still don't even really know fucking finance and I got a degree in that, you know? <laughs> Alexandra got her PhD in like higher education and shit. Like we can't, we, we couldn't write code, you know? So we're like, oh, let's start an iPhone app. Fuck it, okay, well, how do we start an iPhone app? Well, I had a friend that started an iPhone app. He gave us a recommendation on a developer, sat down, met with him. He's like, all right, here's the price. And we're like, whoa. Very expensive. What, yeah. was, what oh. was that price like? So, honestly. Was it six figures? Uh, close, very close, very okay. fucking close in, in the 80,000 range, yeah. which sucked after everything because once you pay all that, now what? You're not, you're not done, right? It's not no, done. bro, not even close because now once you get the iPhone built and out there, launched on the app store and approved, if you can even get it fucking approved, which is a whole nother nightmare. Yeah. Now you got to maintain it and upkeep it. Constantly release updates, everything, especially if the app is social for users, it has to be, or you're going to fucking die. So unlocked was dope. It was extremely informative. It just wasn't social for users. So you can go on there as a user and see like awesome, cool happy hours, awesome spots, dope restaurants, cool events in real time. You just couldn't do anything on the app. You know, so if I could redo it, I would want an app where you can, you know, create your own little cool profile and create your own lists. And, you know, Eli, you could have your own list of fucking my cool coffee spots, my dope breakfast spots, you know, where to get my dick sucked at night's <laughs> little fucking low key after hour spots. Ooh, tell you, me, know? Tell me. you know what I mean? <laughs> and then like me, who I don't live in Orange County, I could pull up any one of your guys' profile and be like, yo, I gotta see Jeff's profile. Yeah. yeah I gotta see Eli's profile. Like he's probably got a list of dope spots in Orange County uh -huh. and I see them all. And then I just go and check them out. It's a neat concept. It was dope. And there was actually, as we were going through Unlocked, I found a, a company that kind of did something similar that fucking killed it. Uh, that company got super gobbled up real quick by Postmates for like 30 million. That was so um, she said? Yeah, it was so S-O-S-H, Google that shit. It was mm. fucking dope. The user X was fucking dope. Everything was, I was like, fuck dude, this is like what Unlocked should be. Uh, but so when again, you saw that, were you like, damn. Did that encourage you yeah. though? Yeah. No, what it did. did. It, do? Yeah. it did because they weren't in Vegas. And I was like, well, if I'm not fucking trying to be in New York because I don't live in New York, I'm trying to be in Vegas. And there was yeah. nothing like it in Vegas. Uh, but again, if you can't write code, guys, I'm telling you right now, all my homies that hit me up, oh, Drew, I got an idea for an app. Do you have anyone? Yes, I have a lot of people that can give you an app. But don't focus on trying to make an app. Focus on building a business first. Because if you can't make money, you're going to fucking fail. Yeah. And I'm going to be right there and say, I told you so. How, how far how far did you get though in the app? Cause I mean, you, that's, that's a pretty penny of investment. That's a big first yeah. step. So how how far did you get in, in pushing it? Like, did it get through? Were you on the app store? Like yep. were people downloading it? Like how far did you get? Yeah, so we had everything. We had a, a pre-beta launch. We had all this hype, exposure, no traditional PR by any means. We just had, cause I was born here. Alexandra has been here forever. Uh, literally just love on Facebook. All of our friends supported, downloaded the app. I think we had like 15,000 beta downloads, which is dope in That's Vegas. That's serious, Dude. man. 15,000 really downloads is no joke. Yeah, well, I wasn't Mark Zuckerberg because I was making no fucking money with this app, all right? <laughs> so again, so how you're valued with an app is user engagement. Right. You know, if you have tons of user engagement, you're gonna be valued at X amount. Hopefully you can go seek some funding, raise some capital, and really take it to the next level. We didn't have any user engagement. Again, users would go on there to be informed. They just couldn't really do anything on the app. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could write, I, literally, if I could go back, I'd go to college and learn how to write code. Yeah. 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 Like I don't use any of my finance shit. You know, I'm a great marketer, a great speaker, great personal skills, but I can't write fucking code. I wish I could write code and I would have saved a lot of money. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so how did that pivot into the model that you're in now for Unlocked? I mean, 
I'm I'm assuming there was an Instagram profile created to support the marketing of the app. Yeah, yeah. So this is six years ago, right when Instagram first launched. We actually made an Instagram to drive people to download the app. Right. We were like, oh, yo, download our app on the App Store. Instagram. We were posting like dumb little screenshots of the app, like, and it's all there. You can scroll back on Unlocked. I kept it all there. It's still there. It's corny as fuck. Uh, <laughs> and so we started posting like food, you know. Obviously, the engagement on food kind of started taking off, and because food is the most viral and engaging thing on Instagram, yeah. uh, restaurants started hitting us up and be like, "Hey, would you like to come in and you know take a picture of our burger and we'll give it to you for free and post it?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'll come take a picture <laughs> of your burger and post it. Yeah, eat for free, absolutely." So Alexandra and I would go around and take pictures and eat for free. And we were like, "Dude, fuck yeah, we we nailed it. Like, yeah. fuck the app. You know what I mean? We're we're eating for free. We're killing it." Uh, and as the engagement kept growing and the followers kept on growing, those same businesses would reach out and be like, hey man, would you like to come by and take a picture of the burger? But hey, we'll also fucking pay you. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> Do I still gotta eat the burger for free? They're like, yeah, bro. And I was like, yes, ding. And that's where it was. So then we started doing the whole sponsored post thing on yeah. the social account, pretty much with every influencer in their So real quick, your favorite foodie on Instagram, your favorite influencer on Instagram, the bitch shaking her ass on Instagram, everyone's making money on Instagram period. We'll yeah. get that out of the way real quick. Uh, so that's how the monetization kind of started initially with Unlocked. Then we developed the agency aspect. Okay. You know, so Unlocked first and foremost is a media company. You know, it's free to be posted on Unlocked. Everyone asks yeah. if it's post worthy. You know, so again, send him that good food porn send and he me will post it. the good stuff and we'll go and do it. I'll take a picture of anything you want, do a cool video if it's post worthy. Yeah. Um, Obviously now it's it's transitioned to the entire agency aspect, which is the main revenue model now to where we, obviously we control content, distribute content, ad buys, marketing, branding for a ton of food and beverage concepts in Vegas, uh, dozens and dozens. We built some of the biggest and coolest food and beverage brands in the city and we're killing it. So I know we, I've eaten at a ton of the restaurants that you represent. Yeah. And then now I'm curious, apparently you own some restaurants. Yeah, now. yeah, and yeah. Is that, so about that. Was it because of all this like yo if i can keep promoting other people's restaurants and you're doing you're smashing it probably the biggest in vegas in, in the category of what you're doing we are is we are let's give away we are let's give away by far we are and the coolest um, you are yeah very and then but now you're like all right it's time to to own some shit it's time to own some of these concepts i'm going to start promoting something that i own what tell me about like the first opportunity that came up yeah so I mean, obviously, once you start controlling the market from a marketing perspective, everyone's got ideas. You know, everyone wants to open a restaurant or like, man, I could kill it with this burrito concept or this burger concept because now I can funnel all the marketing through all my Instagram shit. And yes, you can. It's a nightmare, though. Like, this is no joke, you know. So I had a client or have a client. Well, I mean, now I'm a partner, but CJ's Italian Ice and Custard. Yeah. It's the original location on Durango has been there for seven years, which is, you know, amazing. Uh and he started off as a client. You know, he sat down and asked me what I was doing for another client. And I was like, oh, well, we control their Instagram, run their marketing. He's like, bro, they fucking blew up. It was another ice cream concept called Recess Italian Ice and Custard. Yeah. And that was my very first client ever that I did for a favor for a friend, Andy Wynn. Shout out, Andy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> podcast veteran, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Andy of After's Ice Cream. Hey, Andy of. Uh, I mean, CJ's is better. He knows that. <laughs> it's, it's written. On, it's I, and Andy Wynn. It's written on the on the window. Best ice cream shop in the world on CJ's. Damn, it's a fact, bro. It's there. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't real. Ice cream wars. <laughs> ice cream wars. No, yeah. Shout out to Andy. Uh, so yeah, obviously I had all these ideas, um, and we were growing CJ's. It was blowing up, 
And you know, I told him, I was like, look, man, I love CJ's, I love the brand we've started to build, but I have an ice cream concept that, I, that I'm currently working on. Uh, and he was like, look, man, I love what you've done for CJ so far. If you wanna do your ice cream concept, do it by all means. Uh, but I saw how hard he works and it was just him. Like John, who my partner in CJ's is a beast, like operating fucking monster. Um, and he's like, look, man, why don't you just, you know, give me all your ideas. We'll talk about it. Um, I threw out a number, he agreed, and it's been full sailing ever since. We so became just, a partner because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just opened up two more locations and crushing it, like really crushing it. Like yeah. I'm talking 5X revenue crushing it in literally just a year and a half. Wow, and yeah. you ballooned it. Like the Instagram following is crazy and that's an audience that you guys own. And, and Yeah, run. yeah, so I mean, I took the account over maybe at like 300 followers a year and a half ago. It's it's now at like 85,000 targeted local followers in Vegas, all real, none of this fake shit. Why do you think people are so attracted to the content you were putting on that? On the that brand, Instagram? the brand is super out there. Bro, if you look at the Instagram, we don't give a fuck. Bro, we roast people, we talk <laughs> shit on people. We put a Yelp review on a cup, like this This uh, chick was like, this place fucking sucks on Yelp, so I put it on a cup. I put this place fucking sucks, and Janet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out to Janet. <laughs> do you get do you get flack for being like you, flagrant oh yeah, yeah bro I mean, just brand. read the comments bro there's some again cj's has been there for seven years it had a very loyal i guess older following you know it's a, it's custard it's an older dessert style until we transition into the newness that it is now the new hotness yeah uh but yeah if you read, read some of these comments bro they're fucking wild but we're crazy like don't just look at it lick it like cheat on your boyfriend not cj's and for you, it's like, yo, it doesn't matter what this like internet flack might be. People are still coming and, and they're still lining it. up and seeing Yeah, it. so that's a cool thing. Like, like, again, I don't give a fuck if I'm like a five star on Yelp, a four star on Facebook, a three star on Google. We have a line out the door, every location, every night crushing it. And lines like this don't happen in Vegas. You know, like this isn't Westminster at fucking afters or fucking, <laughs> or you know, the loop churros or any of that. Like it was this is weird Vegas. there too, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's lines like that just don't happen in Vegas. And for the, for the locals to come out and support, so like I'm not waiting in line for shit. I don't care. And there's literally lines of these young millennials that see the content on Instagram and relate to it and go. And, you know, and there's a lot of comments of people loving it. They love the brand. They love the voice. They love the outside the boxness. And a lot of people just some hate it, some love it, but we're good. I want to backtrack real quick because yeah. I still didn't hear the story of when you knew that you were ready to take Unlocked full time. And I'm assuming based on the timeline, you were still serving or busing and still doing Unlocked on the side. What was the point in which you felt confident enough to like, even, I know it was before the agency model, oh, yeah, but, yeah, just, but just stepping out onto your own and being like, I'm gonna be a content creator full time. When was that and what gave you the confidence to do that? Yeah, so after XS, I was serving three nights a week at a restaurant in Vegas, a fine dining restaurant making you know solid money three nights a week. And I was able to kind of focus on Unlocked and take it to kind of where it needed to go. Yeah. And my business partner, my little brother in Unlocked was like, look, dude, you got all these cool followers. Now what? What are you gonna do with it, bro? You know, so I was like, well, fuck, man, all right. Unlocked was making minimal, dude. I'm talking like a couple grand a month. You know, still, you could live off it. I didn't yeah. have my house or all the cool shit you see on Instagram now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was able to live off four grand a month, you know, doing Unlocked and bro ballooned it. That was the defining moment to where it's like, bro, you're either gonna fucking sink or swim. And I'm swimming laps. <laughs> We're swimming laps. Was there, okay, so 
that was just sponsored content that was that was feeding those bills at first, right? Yeah, to yeah, make strictly that four grand a month. Issues, strictly, like, and then it was a few accounts. Did you have any accounts before you left? Like people that you were running their Instagram? Yeah, so I had one, which was the recess Italian icing yeah, and, and dessert mm. or whatever, uh, which I did as a favor for Andy. He literally called me one night, uh, and I fuck with Andy hard. Yeah. You know, Andy literally reached out on Instagram years before Unlocked was in. Unlocked had like 20,000 followers. He's like, and I got a DM from Andy, and I'm like, oh my God, bro, Andy fucking win. Like, after his, <laughs> oh, I'm jerking off, you know what I mean? He's like, bro, let's link up, I'm in Vegas. I was like, absolutely, bro, where do you wanna go? I got you. We went and had like some sushi burritos or some shit. Uh, and he just, he was like, bro, I love the brand. I love what you've made. Like, and he was the one initially was like, why don't you like run Instagrams or why don't you own anything in Vegas? And I was like, bro, own anything. I was like, bro, I went to school for finance. I don't want a restaurant. Like no way. Uh, so yeah, I was running one Instagram account for minimal. I'm talking like, if I told you it was nothing guys, yeah. like nothing, you know? Uh, and it kind of just ballooned from there. And as the experience and leverage started to grow and expand, it just kind of took off from there. And literally, I still I still personally run like my original 15 accounts, believe it or not. It's fun for you, it seems though. Yeah, how, many, ca- how many accounts do you guys have now? Original 15? Yeah, so I personally still control well, 14, 14. Yeah, yeah. sure, but like, yeah. that's, that, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a fucking headache. Yeah. Shout out to all a- the clients emailing me at fucking 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> It is some of the, because Eli and I very much know the client business, at oh, least yeah. from an agency perspective, are, are not the necessarily the same agency perspective because we do, we do a lot of digital advertising be, beyond, because we've been a publication for 10 years. So it's, it's the same, but different. The client, how the client treats you is all the same. Oh yeah, dog shit. And so we definitely understand that. Is that, is that part of what, kind of inspired you to put, uh, to become an owner, to become an owner in businesses? Was that, do you see that as like more of a long-term future for what you're doing, leveraging the audience that you have beyond client work and putting some like real stakes into different concepts? Yeah, for sure. And going again, not to jerk off fucking Andy, uh, I literally met with Andy again. He came in the Cosmo. We were getting all fucked up, you know, like Momofuku. Shout out David Chang. Uh, <laughs> and he was he was like, bro. And I told him the whole agency aspect, like dealing with clients. And it was just me at the time, literally running my accounts, you know, making good money. But it literally, I worked all day, ran accounts all day, couldn't do shit, couldn't travel because like I have to post and all this other shit. And he was like, look, bro, why don't you start leveraging some shit and like work deals in? And I was like, well, like put some money in. And I was like, no, bro, leverage the following that you have it unlocked and get into some deals. And that kind of started ballooning. Uh, and then I started bringing on more people for Unlocked and paying them and I have a full team now and it's it's a blast. How For influencers and for people in general that are trying to take social clout into business deals, right? And that was a blueprint that we've talked with Andy about. He did that, I mean, he's done that across dozens of concepts, right? Taking his marketing, streetwear prowess, becoming a partner in businesses. Mm-hmm even if there are businesses that he did put money into, but there were a lot of businesses that he didn't put money into and became a partner. When you, when you becoming a partner in a brand, like what's your expectation on when that's going to actually like cash flow for you and when it's going to actually start paying you beyond just like the sweat equity? Is that like, I need to see something in six to 12 months, I need to see something in three years, like what is that for you? My deals, the way I work them out, pay me immediately. Okay. Every month. I, like I'm, get, I'm, yeah. get, I'm getting something from day one every month. I think that's really, I think that's really smart, Drew, because I think there's a lot of things that can be structured in the promise of growth. 
And if that doesn't help you today and tomorrow, then you know what are you what are you doing, right? And I, I'm so. Did you know that that's how you were going to structure any deal that came to you? Is like, look, I'm a partner. I need to start getting paid out day one. Yeah, 100. percent Only because look, I can easily just say fuck being a partner, and if it's just going to chase money and just go out and hustle clients and. It's for me. It's it's kind of easier to sell and close because of the leverage we have with Unlocked, yeah. on, like closing these social clients. But instead of look, instead of waiting two years for K ones to be distributed and all that shit, I'd rather just sell you on a social service. Take your two grand, twenty five hundred, whatever we charge you a month, because in reality you're probably gonna fire me in six months whenever the contract is up anyway. And yeah. I'd rather just cash out now and be done with it. Because now a lot of people are getting bored and mad that we're building brands and then you're getting fired. Yeah. You know, like we build these brands up and we get emotionally attached to all these cool brands, build them to like this massive following and then they fire you. And then you're like, well, fuck. I, I never just, thought about that. That's oh, actually yeah, quite, quite interesting. I yeah. mean, we've all in the client servicing industry, we understand the idea of people outgrowing someone and, sure. and kind of ending it. But the idea that, you know, you grew a brand from nothing to something and then they drop you because do you think, is there a ways to avoid that outside of just the straight buying into the company because that's not always a like we're talking about this as if it's like always on the table and it's not like it's very special situations where you know you could have a conversation with the owner of a company and the the dominoes align in a perfect way where they might not have enough money to pay for your full services they can meet you halfway and then also give me some ownership in it it's a very specific case a lot of the times for that to happen but is there ways that like you keeps i'm sure you've kept some of your clients for multiple years so like what is it about that that like keeps them interested over time as they now have a hundred thousand followers of their own if you're this restaurant concept or this one like how do you feel yeah so right now when i sit down with all these clients so again my initial 15 clients they're locked in at that price like i've never raised the price i've never done anything it's very honestly it's very minimal work they love it i've grown all their accounts to huge accounts. I don't think any restaurant, truthfully, should have over 10,000 followers. I just think it's crazy that a, a consumer would wanna follow a restaurant and that many would wanna follow a restaurant. So if you're able to capture someone's attention and to where they wanna you know, engage and follow your account, you have their attention now. So I think that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, we built a ton of you know followings from actual following numbers and in real numbers. Because again, the following, it's cool, but it's a vanity metric. You know, yeah. A lot of people are now buying followers. There's all these crazy comment pods and all the engagement is fluffed. Uh, but now when I sit down with these clients, I ask them off the bat, what do you want? Because there's a couple ways we can go about it. Like, do you are you just looking for social media management? Because obviously it's a full-time job in today's market. It's a service. Yeah. You know, you're paying someone to not only create, but post content on your Instagram and build your brand daily. You know, do you want you know, cool viral videos? Do you want me to reach out to influencers? You know, do you want like sponsored posts on Unlocked? I ask them, what do you want? You know, do you want your sales to increase? Because there, there's a bunch of different ways you can go about it. If you want your sales to increase, I need to know what you're spending on ads. Like, what are you doing to increase your sales? And they say, oh, nothing. I've, you know, I've never paid for advertising. I word of mouth. And it's like, dude, that day is fucking over. Yeah. You know, 2005 is over, man. If you're not paying money to reach new consumers, you're going to fucking die in this market. Yeah. Do you see that these uh, potential clients, these prospects know how to answer that question? Or do they all just be like, do they want everything? They want it all. They want it all. They want it. They want the cool Instagram. They want the cool photos. They want the viral videos. They want the influencers. Because yeah, it all sounds dope. And they all want their sales to increase. Yeah. So I already know for the most part going in, they want their sales to increase. They want to see an ROI on that service. And I ask them, what's the ROI on the person in the back cooking your food? 
How many have answers for that? They don't. They're like, uh, I don't know. And I tell them there is no ROI. It's a necessity or you don't put out fucking food and you close. Right now, if you're not creating content on this device, your phone, you're going to fucking fail because everyone, all the attention is on this device, period. If you're paying a PR company to pitch magazines and pitch it, get you on the news, you're going to fail. If that, so how do you, do you feel like your style agency, which there are, like there's amazing people in every community now. Like, For sure. you know, you're, you're, you're crushing it here in Vegas. Do you run into issues with some of the longstanding PR agencies that are based in Vegas of like, damn, here's this kid who grew an Instagram following, now has a community of other people with big Instagram followings. And now these restaurants aren't going to us anymore. They're going <laughs> to these Instagram business owners like do you is there like a what's like what's that like are you do you talk to these people yeah it's crazy you know and i think all of them hate me for some reason but i'm the nicest guy and i I did a lot of work for you know agencies for free a lot of these pr companies because it was just cool content meaning they invited you somewhere and you went because you thought it was cool content you went you ate took a photo shared it with your audience absolutely but as our following kept growing and we started doing social clients and then some of these clients would end up firing those pr companies and signing on with us then some obviously some hate and jealousy would come on board and again but it's a different market you know it's this device controls and rules everything your telephone yeah. you know so again as a restaurant owner myself i would never in a million years pay a pr company to pitch to get me in a magazine or on the news at 6 a.m because no one reads that magazine no one watches that fucking news and even if you are in the magazines or on the news where's the first place you go to post about it to let everyone know you're on the news or in magazine you post it on your fucking instagram all right so that's just the way it is do you, man. Do you see anything that could take away the power of Instagram. Have you seen anything that could be a threat at all to the power of Instagram? I'm, I'm curious for some, because at Food Beast, we love the fact that we have great engagement on Instagram and we do our best to maintain it as much as we can. It's really scary to think about, like when we all went through the algorithm change, right? When it went from a timeline to, to, to the algorithm, right? That's something like, Anyone with major account get feedback from Instagram about the change happening or how it's going to affect it? No, we just all had to like learn ourselves. What's the best way to game this algorithm as best we can to keep our engagement and we move on. Does being dependent or at least a lot of these restaurants and food beast included, like, does it scare you? The fact that Instagram dominates so much consumer buying power and is there anything else that like you're investing in or you're looking at to make sure if that power dynamic switches, you're ready for it? Yeah, so that's why I kind of started to brand myself a little more, not Drew Belcher like on Instagram, but just a little bit more of myself behind the Unlocked brand yeah. to give people a little more something to resonate and relate to. And I think that's why Unlocked has kind of flourished so much in the past year and a half. Is And a lot of people, oh, a fucking douchebag on Unlocked. <laughs> or, and some people like, like it, you know? Uh, it's but a very yeah. polarizing, uh, I like it because I know you as a person and I know that you amplify the persona to amplify the persona, but it is a polarizing, like you're either like, yo, this dude is like representing Vegas as this like crazy party (laughs) douche or, you know, you stand out amongst the masses of other like food people or, you know, and everything, people are falling in love with the personality and 
Well, I've, you know, people follow people on Instagram, not because they always love that person, but they're interested in what makes them tick. For sure. The Instagram story uh, engagement popping is crazy, (laughs) bro. People are just out there just laughing, DMing, responding. It's crazy and it's, it's fun. Uh, but yeah, some people fucking hate it. But again, it's it's not like the real Drew. You know, Drew is Drew, and Drew from Unlocked is Drew from Unlocked. Yeah. What's know? the di- What's the main differences in like Drew the persona Drew from Unlocked and the Drew that's like at 11 p.m. at home unwinding? Like, what are what are the major differences from those people? Yeah, first Drew at home unwinding at 11 is already dead asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm already passed out. I'm, I'm I wake up super early and go to the gym. I'm in bed by like. 8.39, bro, honestly. Damn, so you schedule those posts that go up at 11 p.m.? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, sometimes if it's late at night, I'll get on there and do a little funky shit. Uh, but for the most part during the week, I'm in bed super early, man. Uh, but going back to the engagement and algorithm change, uh, so yeah, the algorithm did hit a ton. A lot of the bigger accounts got hit the hardest, uh, but now it's no longer the algorithm. It's just the way it is, you know? So right. how do you change that? Just stop putting out dog shit content. Yeah. Stop posting photos that look like everyone else's everyone's posting the same style of edited photo, which I get, there's a very certain style of photo that works best on Instagram. Everyone posts it, I post it, everyone does, because it does the best. But now everyone posts the same style of fucking photo. I can only post so many fucking handheld shots on my fucking burrito. Do you know what I mean? So now Unlocked is, is more short form video than anything. And I think that's also why it skyrocketed so much. Uh, but just stop putting out dog shit content and switch it up. That really is true because when the algorithm change hit us, I mean, it hit and then we were like, you know, we it forced us to look at our content twice, three times, four times and just be assholes and very critical of every last piece for a little bit of time, right? Like you have to recalibrate and understand, listen, it's not the platform, it's just we got lazy because we thought the platform was doing all the work. Killing it. No, you actually have to be a connoisseur of content because we're not inherently famous. We're not like, I'm not famous from the movies I was in, right? I grew my fame, I don't have fame, Food Beast grew its audience based on food at first, and then the food porn, and then a brand, and then you show the people behind the scenes. So like, I don't take that for granted that like someone else can come and do that shit. I think our brand is fucking way cooler, but the idea is I don't take it for granted. So when the algorithm changed the first time on Facebook and Instagram, we would go from a billion views a year to Fuck, even a drop to 750 million is a big drop True that drop. I don't take lightly. Yeah. So immediately it's like, guys, I'm viewing these videos four and five times before they go out. Because while other people just kept putting out the same shit, which is psychotic, because if you keep putting out the same shit, the same result, you're crazy. Like things can change. We're not indebted to people f- to watch us. Like then people don't owe us anything no. to follow us on Instagram. Like I'm thankful that you do. I'm thankful that you enjoy what you're doing and it's our job as content creators to keep entertaining them. And I want to get back to your persona for a second, Drew, because uh, when I watch you on Instagram stories, like it's <laughs> entertainment value. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like when you're with Andy and you're just talking about like, I'm with my boys in the parking lot doing whatever and you're like <laughs> zooming in on Andy's face, it's fucking hilarious yeah. to me. And there's like an entertainment value, but like how much do you feel like is, like is there any acting involved in like the Drew persona on Unlock when you break it down, right? Because if the Drew persona is different from the Drew that like people know that we'll get to know when we have dinner after this, right? If those two people are different, like does that does that come down to acting in some way because people are looking for that entertainment value? Yeah, I would say so, 
I need an agent. Shout out to Hollywood. I need <laughs> some, some, some movies. I mean, I only do my hair a certain way. So as long as that roll is fucking. You know what I'm saying? And I only look good with this five o'clock sh- shadow. Do you know what I mean? So don't be trying to grow me. No, I tried the whole beard. Gross. Try the clean shit. Nah. And my hair is just like this and that's it only. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's a little bit of acting because Drew from Unlocked always has to be on. On, right. On. Do you know what I mean? But that's not like necessarily the real Drew at all times. Oh, shit. Yeah. I got way, yeah. way deep in yeah, the you voice. Yeah, like you Drew at all times. He's like... Because <laughs> <laughs> the real Drew will do anything for everyone. You know, like I give way more than I receive at all times, as it should be, but not a lot of people are like that. There's a lot of fucking assholes in the world. Yeah. Which I get, you know, I get yours, but... Give a little too, you know. Do you use the word bitch around your girlfriend of six years that bitch, you love? I do. I do. I don't call her a bitch. I mean, she's my my bitch, but I, don't, I mean, you don't call specific people a bitch. I want that's why nah. I want to clear this up because I know how fun loving you yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up, uh, bitch? It's a term of endearment. It's, it's, it's a term of endearment, bitch. And yeah. they use it in Peel skits, so like they've already vetted this for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch, you can't. Yeah, yeah no, no. It. How'd you really say it though? Yeah, yeah. No, I said it. Yeah, yeah I, said, I said it hard. Bitch. I said it hard. Hey, what's up, bitch? <laughs> but you said that though. You called her that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she heard it. Yeah. No, no, she gets it, and she she gets like the Drew from Unlock part more than anyone, you know, because she's with the real Drew all day, every day, you know, and, and yeah. And again, on Unlocked, bro, I'm like kicking it with like super famous like IG thoughts, like <laughs> zooming in on their tits and their ass and shit. And like she doesn't care, you know, like. I play like the scummy like douchebag, but nah. Do you think that fits like in Vegas? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, so it's like kind of methodical at some point too. Yeah, I'm waiting on us to do a strip club series where we go around to all the strip clubs <laughs> and find like, the best food. Find the best food, bro. Dude, we actually <laughs> we had a video like a mini doc where we invited a an a, escort an escort up to our room and have pizza and asked her questions. We were very young. Yeah, you didn't fuck her though. No, we oh, did okay. not. No, no, we did not. <laughs> no. I can't even pretend to have fun. We were so nervous, dude. Yeah, no. I was such a little bitch. Yeah. We literally, I was like asking the guys, like, yo, should we be like, is she gonna have like a pimp? Cause like, like come and like vet you guys real we quick. Like, know. yo, y'all got well, the I, cash? Yeah. yeah, we didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. Like, we, we got the room already. Like, it was our like first candles time. candles and shit? No, yeah, yeah. We had pizza. Like, what, what do hookers eat? We're like, that's literally what we were wondering. Like, what do they eat? Like, we're fucking idiots. Yeah. So, but that's why we wanted to have the conversation is like, we gotta know because I think there's there's levels to escorting. There's levels to all this shit. Which, when you think about it, and again, I don't know how much that content like holds up, just from an entertainment value now. Yeah, like, I, I think, it was, I think it was like really interesting when we did it. But it's actually some of the precursors of this podcast when you think about it, because we know that food touches everybody. And I think what what's the joy of this podcast for me is like. When we get to when we get to talk to you about nightlife, when we get to talk to you about the Vegas outside of the Vegas you see, those are things that are that are very real. And food is like some of the connective tissue that we're able to kind of ex- like the reason you're on, Drew. You you obviously do a lot of food promotion yeah, in yeah. Vegas. Like that's the reason why you're on. But the connective tissue to cool people and cool conversation is the change in perspective and the perspective that we got from a Vegas escort who has seen a lot has experienced a lot was really interesting i don't know there's a to me that's why the podcast exists is like there's a through line in food but there's just so much more that people have to offer that it's it's i don't know i really like it 
Dude, so you've been here like 30 plus years? 32. 32? Yeah, 32. Hey, Spirit good, Rhino's bro. got the best chicken fingers, and Sapphire <laughs> has... Fin- Yo. Segway, my friend. This is exactly yeah. what I want to talk um, about. Yeah, strip so club food. Yeah. Best chicken... Oh, okay. Yeah, strip club okay, food. Actually, Sapphire. Yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, okay. we're talking strip club. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, oh, so no, no, Spirit no, no. Rhino is yeah, top, a strip club. Top, top five strip club foods. In order. Start. Rank. Let's do it. So Spirit Rhino's got the top three. They got oh, these. Shit. The, so Spirit Rhino again. I don't know if I'm just always blacked out and super fucked up that it's so good, which which, <laughs> okay. which happens. A part of it. It's, okay. it's it's hashtag blackout or get out all day, you know. But now I kind of carry myself a little better, you know. But again, the chicken fingers fire. Okay, Absolute chicken fingers. Fire. Spearmint Rhino. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. what else? You said Spearmint Rhino has two other things. Quesadilla. <laughs> and again, this is just like super, just like late night, like. Yo, what is it about chicken fingers that are popping at every like kind of entertainment establishment? Like at Excess or at Encore Beach Club, it's like the hot thing to do. Yo, you gotta you gotta get tight. the bucket of chicken fingers. Yeah. The the bucket of chicken fingers is like what all the girls gravitate towards, what like all the dudes order, they might eat a few and then girls scavenge that more than they scavenge like on bottles of liquor yeah. chicken fingers yeah is bro it. come on chicken fingers chicken fingers think about it it's kind of gross oh it's disgusting bro and they're all <laughs> fucking pool water splashed on them and the soggy fries yo the pool yeah. in Vegas is gross oh, don't ever Just get in bro about it. don't ever get in Look wait at what it. do you mean I've been there I worked at a wet republic for years don't get in it's the murky swamp of death it's so gross just think about all of the human body parts floating around and splashing around after all the gross things they've done all day yeah bro i've seen but, condoms floating in there oh, oh yeah bro we can get really no, nasty if you want yeah no. yeah oh yeah oh my yeah. god oh, can, yeah. can, can we can we get into like Ooh, the, the condoms floating bro <laughs> bro people like throw up in the pool and they no. gotta get everyone out people are fucking in the pool you, you break one glass they gotta empty the pool oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i've yeah, never yeah, done yeah. it yeah we can get really nasty Guys, can we talk about Vegas food? I like okay, how, the quesadilla. Quesadilla okay, fire. Quesadilla spearmint. No, I want to get past the strip club food. Okay, okay, and I get, put the steak at Treasures. You know that Treasures has phenomenal steak. Believe it or not, there's a steakhouse in Treasures. <laughs> not that I know, but I'm just I've seen I've heard. That's how they bill you. Yes. That's how they bill you at the they strip club. They get you, bro. You don't pay for the live dance. You pay for that filet mignon. Mm. Okay, so food outside of the strip club. Yeah. How are we doing this? Well, what do you guys want to know? I think I want to provide a utility for a lot of the listenership that comes into Vegas and eats and whether that's strip side, non-strip side, like wherever it is, what are some of the essential places and menu items that Drew is saying you need to go experience? Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to plug a couple spots in two different ways. I'm going to plug non-clients who I don't, I pay every time I go. Mm -hmm. And again, I pay pretty much everywhere I go anyway, but I'm going to plug some non-clients who just because I feel like they need to be plugged and yeah. of course I'm a plug some clients transparent yeah, 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 like, yeah it's I complete th- transparency thank you for the transparency 100% that, I appreciate that so non-clients off the bat which I think this is my favorite list by far which we'll fuck with later best Korean barbecue in town and I'm gonna speak facts 8 ounce Korean barbecue on Spring Mountains the best Korean barbecue in town it's, I don't fuck with all you can eat shit if you want all you can eat the best all you can eat is Master Kim's also not a client uh, but 8 ounce is the only Korean barbecue that serves like premium prime beef okay which we'll fuck with later yeah uh yeah yeah that's like that it. prime beef I like baby. It. okay how you like that brisket that ribeye uh uh anyway <laughs> and then so there's also a sushi spot the best sushi in all of las vegas on strip off strip doesn't fucking matter it's called tokyo boys tokyo boys not a client i pay every time i literally was just there the other week dropped a thousand bucks like it was nothing where are these spots by the way i'm oh, assuming these are off strip all right? of them are off strip 
I would want to go to Tokyo Boys tonight, but they're fucking closed on Mondays. Oh no. Sorry guys. Sadness. Yeah. So Tokyo Boys, uh, Chef Hero is the chef and I've gotten to know him from my partner at CJ's, John, shout out to John again, uh, literally told me about Tokyo Boys and it's the most unassuming troll location of all. It's one of those old like Ruby's 50 diners, like, you know, like the, like the reds and aluminum the ones yeah. on the outside yeah okay or the johnny rockets or whatever the fuck yeah, it was yeah, yeah. it's literally one of those and they didn't change anything in the <laughs> nothing bro it's a fucking it's wo- a diner it's still? A, a wooden diner i'm trust me we gotta go oh my god yeah we'll eat a couple edibles and we'll go check it out <laughs> uh <laughs> so it's called tokyo boys crazy they have uh and again no rolls but spicy tuna roll the craziest spicy t- and you, you look at me like spicy tuna roll yeah, yeah, yeah. but spicy tuna roll it's the best shit ever they make it they chop it up they mix it it's the best spicy tuna roll in the world and also okay. just the best sushi we'll go but whenever you guys go you have to go with me okay to make sure you guys have the experience all right <laughs> Done. Tacos. The best yeah, tacos in yeah. Vegas. Not even a fucking question. Not a client. Los Tacos. Los Tacos. Los Where's Tacos. There's two locations. There's one on East Charleston and then one on Sahara. The original one is on Sahara. Have you guys heard of La Taquilleria in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. So you know the history with that, right? James yeah. Beard Award winning. It's totally. A, it's a mission burrito. Yeah. They, they invented that mission style of taco totally. with the guac and all that shit. So the old guy that started that, his son started Los Tacos. No one knows that. I don't even know if they want me to say that because there's some bad blood and beef with the family, like super bad blood and beef. Oh, wow. uh, same taco, same everything. The only difference is uh, La Taquilleria uh, is just a white pinto bean. Right. Los Tacos is a white Peruvian bean. Oh it makes okay. a difference. Yeah, so crazy charcoal grilled carne asada. Like I toured the whole kitchen because I was like, bro, I need to come back there and see what the fuck you guys got going on. The owner was there. He's there like every morning making like the agua fresca. Then he takes his kids, he's a single dad, takes his kids to school. Not a client. Honestly, don't even remember the homie's name. They don't pay me for shit. I pay every time I go. Uh, but Los tacos. Los tacos. But again, the best carne asada. Okay, okay. specifically. Okay. Specifically. Again, it's charcoal roasted. If you want the al pastor, they don't have the the, 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 spit. the trompo, you know, they don't know that shit. If you want al pastor, you can go to Tacos El Gordo. It's still the best. You guys know about that. Oh, we had that last yeah, night. We had that last night. Fantastic. Wow. Fire, right? So Was it your good. first time? It was my first time. Were you drunk? I was high. Say, they, even better. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was high. There you go. Yeah. So, Tacos of Gordo, hands down, the best South store. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Um, herbs and rye. Have you guys been to Herbs and Rye? No. No. Jesus Christ, guys. I got to take you guys. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Herbs and Rye. We're failing you, Drew, yeah, but this yeah. is what the list this is, is for. This is what yeah. the list is so, for. So, Herbs and Rye is a steakhouse on Sahara, close to the strip, just right off Sahara. They have a happy hour from 5 to 8 p.m., half off all steaks and select appetizers. Half off steaks? Half off any steak. They have like this $320 King Kong ribeye for half off, and it feeds like fucking 10 people. Damn, okay. Half off steaks, that's aggressively, and I like it. So they have that from 5 to 8 p.m., then also from midnight to 3 a.m. every day. What? Every day, bro. Okay. They, this and is what I need. There's a steakhouse open till 3 a.m.? Oh, they're tw- it's, uh, yeah, 4 a.m., I think, but yeah. Wow. It's crazy. And some of the best steak you'll ever have, the best spicy mussels in town. Uh, I can't believe none of these homies aren't clients, but they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, shout out, become a client for Drew. But honestly, they don't have any social media. Los Tacos has no social media. Herbs and Rye, no social media, no nothing. Yo, a cabbie. They thrive on product alone. Bro, they're killing it. Yo, cabbie told me about Los Tacos. I was about to go to uh, Tacos El Gordo last time, and that's why I hadn't gone. And then he was like, you need to go to Los Tacos. 
Well, now it's definitely on the list. Yeah. We gotta get there. Los oh, Tacos Mexican cabbie. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't preface why I was just telling yeah. you any cabbie. He was like oh, really yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, knew yeah, yeah. exactly where. Yeah, it's the real shit. Oh, they also have a shrimp cocktail. Fire, absolutely mm. fire, wow. and uh, ceviche, bomb as fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, dude, this is gems right now. Yes. Herbs and rhyme, dude. Herbs and rhyme, dude. Um, fuck, we might go there. You know, I can do. I can do herbs and rhyme. We'll go for the happy hour. We, 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 so we got to stay up till midnight. <laughs> we'll probably we'll get lobby. <laughs> you don't mind? We'll go to we'll go to eight ounce. We'll do herbs and rye next time. Uh, but awesome crap. So herbs and rye is also like one of the best cocktail bars in all of America. Like, okay, they've got like awards and shit. You can Google it. Crazy like crazy TripAdvisor ratings, crazy Yelp ratings. No social media whatsoever. No Instagram. None of that. They just don't need it. Don't want it. I don't know. But uh, I mean, crazy, crazy food. Super dimly lit, very romantic. Take a little chick, okay. You know, get you know, rub and tug or something. It's super dark. You can do whatever you want in there, but it's fun and awesome. It's super dark. <laughs> it's super you dark. Can do whatever you want. No, I'm saying <laughs> you'll know. You'll, hey, Izzy's over there laughing, bro. He's not even checking the sound <laughs> He's levels anymore. Laughing, bro. Uh, no, so I mean, when you go, you'll know exactly. Well, I'll go with you guys for your first time as well. Uh, shout out to the Spicy Muscles Appetizer, best appetizer ever. Who's on the client side that's just slaying? Uh, truffles and Bacon Cafe. I love Truffles and Bacon so much. You've been? Yes, I love this yeah. spot. Like, they have these ube pancakes. Tell them. It's like a ube frosting in between the different pancakes. Tell them. Um, they have the, what's the burger called? Ooh. The ginormous, is it the Yeah, oh, the, the, the belly oh, of the beast. Belly of the beast. Uh, the most viewed insider video of all time. What up? Is uh, it really? It is 110 million views or some shit. And it crushed on our. I mean, it and didn't it do 110 million, but it crushed like, on our page too. It, it like crushes 40, on my page million. too. I'll recycle that content all day. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this burger is fucking <laughs> all day. Yeah. This burger is huge. Though. Oh, it's it's 15 pounds. No one finishes it. Oh no, it's God. it's like two big patties, Angus patties, like four big ass slabs of fucking pork belly, real yeah. pork belly, not the bacon shit. Hot Cheetos, cheese, serrano peppers. Like, has, any, has, has anyone finished it? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Arena. Yeah. Raina tried to tackle it. I don't know if she finished it. Nah, bro. Pro, there's no way, bro. It's Yo, 15 pounds? 15 pounds. Yo, I got a girl that can do it. Who? Molly Schuyler. Sounds like a porn this. star. Molly Schuyler. <laughs> she came out to our food festival and crushed a 20-pound noodle bowl in two minutes. She did it in two minutes, my friend. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's a lot of liquid, you know what I mean? It is a lot she of liquid. She ate a 100 by 100 cheeseburger from In-N-Out. Ooh, I'm wet. <laughs> that's 100 patties, 100 slices oh. of cheese. She's single? pieces of bread. Huh? No, she's seeing somebody. Okay. But I don't know. You could talk to her. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick on that topic, In-N-Out or Shake Shack? In and out. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm definitely Team Shake Shack. Damn it, Jeff. In what the out. fuck? Shake Shack is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But like, if we're talking, just the best burger, pound for pound, it's In and Out. I just think nothing competes with the double double experience a toasted bun, the spread, the patty. Perfection. The- I, I love both, but I mean, if you're going to make me choose, and I mean, I think, the, I think the ingredients matter. I think the ingredients make a difference. You don't like the ingredients in and out? I think it's different. <laughs> I like In and Out. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, right. that's how it gets split. Yeah. I'm assuming you're an internet guy. Oh, 100%. Not yeah. even close. I've had Shake Shack three times in my entire life. I'll never eat it again. Not when oh, there's, so not when like there's an in and out. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Gotcha. No, I do like it, but not yeah. if there's an in and out. Yeah. No, oh, it, and don't even throw fucking Whataburger in the fucking <laughs> ring. Like, yeah, I don't know. What, Bro, what a burger, what a disappointment. That's what it is. Like, Whataburger is cool, but like, don't put it in any no, sort of No, Texans category. like to jerk that off and stroke it a little too hard. Texas has too much good food to be talking about Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger? Trash. What? Um, How okay. about a burger in Vegas? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to plug it. I make the best burger at my house. Your, okay, any burger that people could get or? No, I mean, so. 
Hey, so I will. I'm going to plug it. They're not a client either. Uh, they should be a client, but they're not. And I'm going to take a little credit for putting them on the map because I did it months ago. The best burger in Vegas. Barcode Burger Bar. Not even a fucking question. It's a little unassuming location and kind of on east flamingo in the hood it's the best burger only because i went there to shoot content because it's fire content i thought you know what how come there's no bomb ass burgers in vegas yeah so i went and i'm a burger guy like i fuck with the burger hardcore and their burger is a brisket short rib you know chuck blend the way you should do it they make all the patties fresh never frozen it's just very very good i still make the best burger though everything you've mentioned so far yeah off strip right all of them all of them do you are there is there anything that excites you on strip from a vegas local or is it kind of come to a point where you don't even think about like going there for food i i don't i rarely come down here for food maybe like a super super special occasion but i just feel like the dining options off the strip are just just as good if not better and for cheaper for the price, price. cheaper you know, Echo and Rig in Tivoli Village is an awesome local steakhouse. Also fire up in Summerlin, like in our hood. Uh, is there nothing on the strip that you were like, listen, like I can't get this off strip? Um, Are they experience-based things? Oh, yeah, like I mean, if you had to recommend it? Yeah, you know? I mean, so like the service on strip is you can't match it. Like you go to SW at Wynn or John George. Yeah. I mean, you're talking like crazy dinners, crazy extensive wine lists. I mean, they put some super care into these steaks. Uh, they're prepared to perfection. If they're not, they'll take it back. They'll cook you a whole fucking new one. I mean, the service in Vegas is top notch. I think the most overrated restaurant in Vegas. Ooh, oh, hit me. spicy. What hit is me. It? Anything Gordon Ramsay, bro. That no. shit's trash. Gordon Ramsay burger, trash ass burger. But again, you can't knock it. I think it serves its purpose. Yeah. He's killing it from all these restaurants. But again, all of these celebrity chef restaurants, the chef's never there. Yeah, all these recipes—they're they're dumbed down so they can be mass produced to be put off the line, you know, in mass quantities, and just that is what it is. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't like Mesa, Bobby Flay's concept. Bobby Flay, no, Mesa had a, had a had a cool little run. But yeah, are we are we past? Is Vegas gonna get past the celebrity chef restaurant and hotel? It already is if you live here. I mean, you go in Chinatown. There are some crazy chefs that made names for themselves on the Strip that left that are killing it off the Strip. I mean, again, non-clients. Yeah. I mean, we got Sparrow and Wolf that's killing it. Black Sheep is killing it. Uh, La Strega, which is, I think, one of the hottest Italian restaurants in town right now, that's killing it. These are all chefs that were killing it on the Strip that left and opened up their own spots off the Strip. Do you do you see, do you see tourists coming to these places? Like, are people looking for just the best dining experience and potentially saving a buck off whatever you're gonna like two hundred dollar sushi and looking to go somewhere or? Are the, do you think all these restaurants are still mostly serviced by our uh, locals patron patronized by people local yeah they're all locals for the most part um i mean some of them may find like echo and rig which is way deep you know a lot of the chinatown restaurants are super close you know easily accessible from the strip five ten minutes if that uh still a lot of people go to like echo and rig way in summerlin uh but for the most part it's all locals you know, the local community in Vegas, I think they're becoming a little more inclined with the dining experiences and their palates and they're wanting awesome local fresh food as opposed to driving down to the strip or, you know, going to like your Applebee's or Chili's, which I still fuck with. Yeah. Shout out to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> so uh, to me, that's really scary if you're MGM, if you're Caesars, mm. if you're Wynn, knowing that someone who lives in Vegas won't necessarily go out of the way to their strip, especially like 
again, talking about our generation, which is millennial generation who sees a ton of stuff, knows a lot about a food, uh, about food, because we already know that the casinos have been adapting their properties for heavy food and beverage ever since, you know, gaming isn't the necessarily the same draw that it once was, right? You need a huge entertainment factor. You're seeing the festival factor bring in millions of people to the city. But I'm curious, do you think that taste is going to change enough to where like Vegas will change? Because I mean, again, celebrity chefs are still putting up brand new restaurants because that's part of the formula. Is that formula gonna work in 2025? Yeah, so a lot the celebrity chefs are still killing it because for the majority of tourists that come into Vegas who save up all year to come to Vegas, they want that Vegas experience. Yeah. They wanna stay on the strip, they wanna go to those celebrity chef restaurants, but from a local's perspective, that's done. Like you're not gonna attract any locals. You know, And a lot of them have tried to do like, you know, local happy hours or, you know, they try to do specials for the Golden Knights games for locals and no locals are driving down to the strip to watch a Golden Knights game. I don't you're either going to the game or you're watching it in a local bar. Correct, or correct. Uh, I mean, you're not going to the game because those tickets are sky high. Really? Yeah, bro, we're the best. We're the best. <laughs> Shout out to the Golden Knights. We're the best. Uh, we got season tickets though, so we're straight. <laughs> but yeah, those tickets are out. Uh, they're up there, bro. But wait till they start losing. It'll be a very easy to come by. A very easy ticket to come by. But right now, we're, we're killing it. So the ticket price is a little higher. Yeah. It's the way it is. The market, you know. But yeah, I don't, I mean, again, I don't think the Vegas celebrity chef is going anywhere because again, that family from you know, Kansas that saves up all year for that four or five day trip to Vegas. They want that Vegas experience. They want to go eat at that Gordon Ramsay restaurant or that Bobby Flay restaurant. Are there hotels that are close? Are they getting it a little bit? Like I know people talk about Cosmo, people talk about like Alvin Kailan and his egg slut. Like those are cool concepts within a casino that aren't, it's not driven by a celebrity chef name particularly. Then you have like Roy Choi, which it is, but Roy Choi with like best friend and that, and that whole new MGM, Park MGM to me is kind of cool Fire. Like for the strip, right? Yeah. Like you can go a little bit of best friend tapas. Yep. Then you have Italy, which yep. like, cool, I can go to Italy now, if, especially if you're traveling from out of town 100%. and you're not landing in New York or LA, like, Italy is it's not the craziest most authentic Italian experience but it's, it's up there it's really fun yeah it's, yeah, good. it's, it's fun. really yeah. fun and you break bread in a way that like I feel like our age our millennials understand like we may not want to sit with 20 of our friends at a long table and split a bill and be bored right like here like everyone can go get what they want bring it share a bottle of wine or two but that communal dining experience really takes shape at somewhere like in Italy is that happening in more places on the strip or off like with that kind of communal dining food halls and all that shit yeah off the strip is fire all the stuff off the strip there's a restaurant called uh, again not a client they should be though uh, <laughs> more, uh, a place called Mordeo uh, oh yeah, we yeah, heard about yeah, that. So, Tell me about Mordeo, yeah, I don't know so about It's literally in Chinatown, right okay. where all these other fire new restaurants popped up. Uh, Kai Vu, one of the chefs, chefs and partners, they had From this, District 1. Yep, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so he opened up Mordeo maybe a year or so ago. Fire, absolutely. But again, no tables, no traditional tables in there. Okay. You have the option, it's a huge like bar area seating uh, and everyone sits like kind of next to each other. There is like maybe one or two smaller tables, but that's it. Everyone kind of eats together, breaks bread together. Then they have this dope ass long chef's table in the back where they like cut meat, prepare and cook food for like you and all your homies. And you can rent it out, sit there. It's fucking cool. fire. 
Uh, cool. But yeah, the big chef's table, I'm all about it. Like if I'm dining with friends, like I strictly want to eat at the chef's table. Yeah. Or sit at the bar with my friends and converse with the bartenders. Like being in the industry and you know, I was a server for a while, I don't I don't like being served anymore. I don't want to be served. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think a lot of Vegas locals who work in the industry are the same way. They don't when they go out to eat, they don't want to be served and do the whole like formal thing. It's like, bro, I'm gonna tip you well. I'm gonna tip you great. I just want to chop it up, chop it up with you if you're if you're not free, and you know, sit here and talk with my lady and have fun. So when, when my girl and I, Carolyn, we go to Herbs and Rye, we sit at the bar every time. Every yeah, time, I like the energy it of it because, yeah. like, if I wanted to be alone yeah. and sit all that, like, I probably would just do it at home. Yeah, I would. Like, I want that experience. I want to be around people when I'm out. When I'm out. Yeah, and it's a it's the least assuming spot if you just want to you know, get a little jerk off under the table, you know, because no one's gonna expect it at the bar. You know, <laughs> you need a new app. <laughs> yeah. Just dark places in Vegas. Yeah, 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 yeah. We to have get satisfied. Yeah, we have Did you fun. miss anything from your list that you want to mention? Um, like hit list for uh, people I mean, yeah. to Vegas. CJ's Italian ice and custard. I cannot stress that enough. It's what, the best what, ice cream shop in the world. What should we get? when we go there. Oh, okay, so I mean the menu's wild. It is it's virally sensational the bobolati. It's it's boba on the bottom, our Italian ice, which is it's not like icy like East Coast water ice, it's more creamy, like Italian ice, like real Italian ice. Uh, top of the little custard, fire. Uh, we do all the crazy uh, concretes with mix-ins. Right now we have a pumpkin pie concrete for the basic bitches, shout out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're just, just looking at it. Any crazy concretes, the cereal cones, which we started, pumpkin pie soft serves in rotation right now. Any crazy creation, we got Sour Patch Italian ice. Oh my God. Shout out to Sour Patch for not suing us. Uh, <laughs> cookie butter concrete, shout out to Trader Joe's, banana split. Oh yeah, the speculos. Oh, I love oh, it. Yeah, yeah, the whole night. Crazy shit. You should get that bobo one, Jeff. I'm in. <laughs> hey, there you go. And it doesn't get all hard in either, man. It's it's the business. I promise. Oh where God. where can people find more about Unlocked, Drew? Oh my God. Yeah, so Unlocked, uh, eight markets total, but we started in Vegas. Unlocked, U N L O K T. If you type that in on Instagram, all the other profiles in the cities will pop up. Uh, but if you're ever in Vegas, follow us. Send me a DM. I reply yeah. to a lot of them. Yeah. You can talk shit. You can not talk shit. I love it all. <laughs> Seriously, a lot of cool people uh, listening to this Instagram. Hit up Drew when you, when you land here, and and he'll put you point you in the right direction one way or another, depending on what you like and what you're into. Like all the joking aside, you're you're a real one. About no, that I promise, shit, man. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. You guys are legends, and we are gonna go eat. I promise. Let's go, baby. Cool guys. Bye. We'll catch you next time. Later, guys. <laughs>